Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. It's officially boring season. Yes, it's boring season here. Um, (laughs) When the biggest news is your team claimed Jimmy Moreland, a cornerback, off of waivers, that's when you know you've you've hit a point in the offseason where, yeah, there's really not going to be much news until training camp. So next week what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring back something that, you know, I've done in the past it's something i despise it's lists we are going to do ranking lists starting next week and we're going to open with quarterbacks yes everybody's favorite the top 10 quarterbacks and again i've missed wildly on this once like what was it 2019 going into 2020 i had went three that was clearly a mistake but um yeah we're going to do the lists because to me um it's just a cool way to at least talk football, talk other teams in regards to how their rosters stack up. And, uh, you know, it's something essentially to just pass some time because right now there's there's just not going to be much activity. Um, yeah, signing James Bradbury was, was big news, but right now going forward, unless they trade for, you know, a Chuck Clark or, you know, a Jesse Bates, which, by the way, isn't going to happen, um, I just think that we're going to be pretty bored in terms of Eagles news for the next two months. I mean, what's the most interesting thing that happened this week? So what it was is the front office. Um, Howie's right-hand man, the guy who sets our draft board, Andy Wydell, is leaving. He's going to Pittsburgh to become their assistant general manager. So um, that leaves a big hole for the—it does. It leaves a big hole for the Eagles. And, and there was a report earlier this week that um, Howie has— kind of seized control in terms of the front office and in terms of decision-making for the Eagles in terms of drafting free agency. And what that meant was Jeffrey Lurie had kind of taken a back seat. So, um, you know, people get upset about those reports that get out there when they hear these stories about, you know, Jeff McClain getting all these inside stories and people get a little mad because they're like, oh man, you're just looking for dirt. Well, take it. Like Jeff Lurie must have took that stuff personally because he has backed off, and if you've noticed, these last two drafts have been 100 times better in regards to at least you see that the Eagles have a plan, and they're following their draft board, and they're picking the best player available. And credit to Howie, like I said, we talked about him last week and the moves he's made to to change the trajectory of this team, and I applaud him. Like I said, he was rightfully criticized for the three years post-Super Bowl. I mean, what he did there was, it, it was inexcusable. I mean, giving a no-cut contract to a kicker is just mind-boggling. But, um, I, hey, Jeffrey Lurie wasn't going to fire him, and he still changed. That's all you could ask. Hey, we wanted him to change. He changed. And and clearly he's done a magnificent job here this offseason. Um the Eagles have a Super Bowl contending roster. No matter which way you slice it, they have a Super Bowl contending roster. Like we don't have glaring weaknesses in regards to our starting units on this roster right now. And going into last year, I mean, really, like just look at the team that we had last year. We were talking about well at this time obviously we didn't even have a second corner. Steven Nelson was signed in, in training camp. So um 
we were talking about how weak we are at corner. We, we we were optimistic about safety because Anthony Harris was, you know, two years removed from a Pro Bowl season. He played on the franchise tag his last year in Minnesota. Uh, Rodney McLeod was coming back with an injury, um, so you knew that was going to be a little bit of time. Linebackers were a huge question. I'm a big Alex Singleton fan. I still am, and I always will be because I just knew he gave 100% effort. But, you know, Eric Wilson, hey, we were optimistic about Eric Wilson. He had a good year for Minnesota the year prior. He was a, a Minnesota guy, too, with same with Harris. So you thought Jonathan Gannon, that would work a little bit. Um, our D-line, you were excited for the potential of Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. You know, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, you thought would take a step, especially because he was healthy. So, I mean, it wasn't like last year we all went and, ha, ah, look at this. This team is in trouble. No, that didn't happen. It wasn't that, like, but now you look at it now and it's like, holy moly, we got Hassan Reddick. You know, we added him to the D-line. We added Jordan Davis to the D-line. It's like, that's a big deal. Look at our linebackers. We got the best one in college football last season, and we got a, uh, literally, this guy, uh, out of these one-year rentals they keep doing at linebacker, Kaiser White, is without any question the best one that they've been able to bring in. And they paid more for Kaiser White than they did for Eric Wilson, you know, then, then, and it's, it's going to show this season. So yeah, there are things about what have happened with with the Eagles in terms of like the roster last year compared to this year. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say we all poo-pooed, like I said, on, on what the defense was last year. We all saw the potential for growth, but it's so clear and obvious that this team has, has filled so many holes and we have still a glaring need at safety, but a guy like Jimmy Moreland coming in here, the, the corner from Washington who they claimed that's a depth mode. I told you they were going to get some more guys in when you feel you have built a roster where you can contend for a Super Bowl. The last thing you want to have halted is just one injury. Like, you know you're going to deal with injuries throughout the season. Like, every team does. It's impossible not to. Football is a contact sport. So you do need to have depth, but you don't want it to be where, hey man, if Darius Slay goes down, it's over. James Bradbury goes down, it's over. Maddox, it's over. You don't want that. Like, that was the one thing that the 2017 team was able to, you know, sustain. Like, Peters went down. You would think that's it. Well, Halpoi Vitae had played the year prior because Lane Johnson was suspended. So he had a lot of experience playing. Now, that was the right side. But he stepped in, and, and Peters was there. And luckily for the Eagles, the rest of their line stayed healthy. That's another thing. Like, yeah, if, let's just say, you know, knock on wood... Uh, a guy like Lane Johnson went down or something this year. Yeah, we have Jack Driscoll. Yeah, you have LaRaven Clark. You know what I mean? You have guys that you think you could probably put in at right guard or right tackle. My guess would be Driscoll. And then CML would go to guard. Um, Kelsey, you know, Dickerson, and Mylotta. And yeah, you could probably sustain that, even though, you know, Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in football, bar none. No questions about it. Um, but you would maybe be able to work that because Driscoll's played a lot. But if Dris but if Johnson gets hurt, Mylotta and Kelsey, now it's that's a whole new conversation. So you got to be very fortunate. But the Eagles on paper right now have a Super Bowl roster. And I mean, I, I mentioned Wydell leaving to go to the Steelers. 
We could talk the front office. We could talk about the potential, but it doesn't. Again, it's just, <laughs> I'm interested in it. I like to hear the names. I like to hear the stories. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know the, the pedigrees of, you know, Brandon Hunt. And I know all his credentials or anything like that. I, I don't know who's coming in. And I know the Eagles were, were kind of anticipating this. They wanted to get younger in the in their front office. That's been their plan. And if Roseman's taken more of a, you know, a, a leadership role in running this thing and putting himself essentially in the driver's seat, this was always probably going to end up happening. Like, the, the important thing with Wydell, he was a very gr- good scout, obviously. He's a, he was a great scout. And he set the draft board. So, yes, that is a massive area of you know, need now. And Tom Donahue, the senior assistant, who will always be famous for the Milton Williams um, draft pick where, he, you know, he kind of shrugged Howie off for taking somebody because they went off their board for it. He's gone as well, too. So they don't have a senior assistant in there. But I have no worries. They will figure it out. You know, they hate they, What did Howie say, or Howie, Jeffrey say two years ago? Um, they wanted to be a front office or a GM factory. Well, they become an assistant GM factory or a player personnel factory because they're not getting GMs, but all these guys are all getting promotions to assistant GMs or next in line positions. So he wasn't too far off and people laughed at him when he said it, but it looks like the NFL was keen on it because they are just poaching guys from the Eagles. But what I want to talk about today is, um, yeah, I want to go over what I think the potential for this offense can be. Because we've been talking about this, that, and the other. We've, we've really went over the defense so much. But what is the potential for this offense? But before I do, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. The offense, right? The offense that had zero points going into the fourth quarter of a playoff game last year. So yeah, um, the offense was was a major problem. I think everybody like focused on the defense because again the defense was so poor against any team of quality last year that it was a very easy thing to point at and I mean at least we could sit here and say the Eagles offense showed up against Kansas City um you know there the Chargers game they showed up so there were instances where the offense at least competed versus the defense which anytime a capable quarterback stepped against us you know they had an 80% completion percentage through for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns with no picks. Um, so, yes, obviously the defense was the weaker part of the team last year, and it showed in that playoff game. But um, even though the offense still had zero points, but, I mean, you could see in that playoff game, Jalen Hurts was clearly hurt, and he obviously didn't play a really good game, but neither did Nick Sirianni call a really good game. There were a lot of things that just went sideways quick for the Eagles. Now, with the offense now, we have everything kind of fits, right? A.J. Brown comes in. It makes everything fit on offense because A.J. Brown is a true X receiver. Devontae Smith now can be a true Y receiver or Z. And the same thing with Quez. They could rotate in and out of that spot. And people think like, oh, well, Quez will be your slot. I think the, the brilliant move would be to have Quez and Devontae kind of flowing in and out of there. And I'm sure A.J. Brown himself is going to flow in and out of there as well. But I just think that gives all the guys the chance to have the best chance for success. Not that Devontae Smith can't play X. He absolutely could. He did last year for the Eagles, and he was essentially had a 1,000 yards receiving. Um, but now it's just like when he's your second option as a wide receiver, you can't do much better than that. 
look what it did for the Chargers, right? When they got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you're like, whoa. And then they had Justin Herbert. And like, it made Justin Herbert have a greater chance for success when he got inserted into that lineup because it's like, you got two legitimate threats at wide receiver. Like, you can't just game plan one out. And here's the beautiful thing about the Eagles. Not only do they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and then you have a star possibly in the making in Quez Watkins, who, again, he burst out at Noah for a sixth-round pick. Quez Watkins had an exceptional season. I know he had his drops and his mind gaps and stuff like that, but it, it was really, he didn't really play as a rookie, remember? That really was like a rookie season for this guy, and I thought he handled it really, really well, and I actually expect more good things to come from Quez Watkins this upcoming season. But I would say to you, Dallas Goddard, like, for your top three options to be A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith, like, that is weaponry for a quarterback, man. Like, he has weapons now. It's unbelievable to see that Dallas, or that um, we have offensive, like, talent. It's, it, it's just so cool. Like, you, you never you never believed, like, the Eagles would be so loaded coming into this season at, at the offensive skill positions, and they are. And it just makes so many things so much easier for Jalen Hurts because this is what this all comes down to is if Jalen Hurts can develop as the quarterback. Everybody knows my stance. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in his work ethic. I know Jalen Hurts is going to have a much better year this year. And I'm telling you this, the team knows it as well. They're all in and believing on Jalen Hurts. But now you, all you heard last year is, well, come on, he's got nobody around him. Jalen Rager, you're right. He didn't. And it was harder for him because no matter what you want to say or think, what they did was they bracket coveraged Smith and Goddard and they made, they, they essentially dared him to throw the ball to Jalen Rager. And we saw when he had to throw the ball to Jalen Rager, bad things happened because he would either throw really good passes or Rager would, would you know, step out of bounds on a touchdown pass, drop touchdowns. Like, and speaking of, uh, I saw a good video this morning. Um, of Jalen Hurts and the touchdowns that he had called back. He had six touchdowns called back, passing touchdowns last year. Seven total, but six that we did not score touchdowns on. So really, his numbers could have been insanely better. Like, you would have looked at him and said, wow, like what do you have, 16 touchdowns? Now he has 22 and 10 rushing. And now you're sitting there going, wow, he had 30-plus touchdowns for his first year as a starter. That's really good. And these penalties, you we all remember the unbelievable pass interference calls, the just stepping out of bounds by Smith and Rager. It, it's, it was horrible. It was really, it was horrible stuff. I'm believer. I'm like I said, I'm a huge believer in Jalen Hurts. I think he is going to take a step this year. It all comes down to him too, his health. It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts' health, because when he did get hurt last year. We saw a different guy when he came back from that Jets game. Now, don't get me wrong. He played unbelievable on that Tuesday night game against Washington. But Washington was banged up. They were dealing with COVID issues. Um, you know, and then to beat the Giants, then Washington again. These teams had laid down at that point. I know the Washington game, the second to last game of the year, where we, uh, again, we, we won that game and it essentially got the Eagles a playoff berth. Washington played really close. I mean, they had a chance to win the game at the end. But, I mean, the, the competition wasn't the level you wanted to test your quarterback of the future. I look at the offense, and I say to myself this. The wide receivers were set. 
And again, this again, like I keep saying, you know, the ultimate um, asterisk here is it's all on injury. But tight end, especially because if they lose Goddard, like if Goddard goes down, and Goddard does have a, a history of getting hurt, by the way. It's like this isn't like a, a breaking news. Dallas Goddard has missed games in every season. So, yeah, but behind him is Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra. I mean, that's that's you don't know what Calcaterra is. He might end up being really good. But, you know, Jack Stoll, we know what he is. He's a solid blocker. I mean, do we want the Richard Rodgers experience again? Because that's kind of what this would come down to. In that running back, though, we are loaded. Miles Sanders, obviously the disrespect of Miles Sanders. You know, I mean, I saw a list come out earlier this week. Some goofball put a list up. He wasn't one of the 32 best running backs in the league, which is just asinine. Um, everybody would have, like, if you watched any lick of professional football, you know that he is one of the 32 best running backs in the league. Um, you know, Boston Scott, obviously coming back. Kenny Gainwell, who I think is going to take a big leap this year. Um, a guy, like I keep saying his name, Kennedy Brooks. I think Kennedy Brooks is going to make this team. I, I love what he can bring out there. Another name I like too at wide receiver, like I said, is, is, is Britton Covey. The kick returner that they signed from Utah. I love this kid. I can't wait for the preseason to watch Britton Covey play. Because I'm telling you this, he is going to be a preseason darling. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Everybody's going to watch him on the field and go, wow, that guy is twitchy. He can move. He can move. He's just not a big dude. But I mean, as a slot, little slot receiver, oh my gosh. I mean, he's just a nightmare for any slot corner. He's so twitchy. And as a kick returner, which I'm telling you, he's going to make this team as the kick returner because they must really have a lot of faith in him because they just stopped going for Andre Roberts the second they had this kid lined up as an undrafted free agent. So, I mean, that was a endorsement beyond endorsement. And I know they got the other kid, the, the track star, Davion Allen or whatever from uh, Oregon, who hasn't played football in six years. Yeah, that is a potentially great story. Like, that's like the dart you just throw to see if it sticks. Kobe, to me, was the one where they got him, and they were like, okay, we're set up. You know, it, it, anything they get from Allen is nice, but Kobe's the one where I think that they were like, all right, we, we, we got this one figured out. This guy could be our kick returner for the next couple of years. And I'm telling you this, if he has to end up playing as a wide receiver, I really think this kid has something in him because, I mean, he's just twitchy. Look at Hunter Renfro, right? Hunter Renfro is... <laughs> To say he's a great athlete would be obviously a complete lie, but he's so twitchy, and he's a great route runner. Now, I'm not saying Kobe is the route runner that Hunter Renfro is, obviously not, but I'm just telling you that don't think that just because somebody doesn't fit the profile that they can't play. Like, you give this guy a chance, I think he's going to have a chance to succeed, and he's definitely going to, here's the beautiful thing for him, if he does excel as the kick returner, and he wins that job, you know what that means? He's active for every game. So then, let's just say Quez rolls an ankle. Well, Covey could be the next guy up. Who knows who the fifth receiver is going to be? Is it going to be Jalen Rager? Because he's going to have to play specials. I I'm just telling you, that's where I look at the offense and I go, at wide receiver, I know behind A.J. Brown, if A.J. Brown gets hurt, it just throws everything up. And, and if Devontae gets hurt, clearly. But I'm saying, if something happened to Quez, I just think, and again, this can all be, I could look like a fool come the preseason. This kid could run all these great routes and have hands of stone. You know, and he can't help. But I just think that that is a potential where I think we have a lot more depth there than maybe people would tend to believe. And obviously on the offensive line, which we haven't talked about yet, that's the strength of the team. 
They have insane amounts of depth, and that's with losing Brandon Brooks and Nate Herbig this offseason. Like, they are incredibly deep on their offensive line. You go Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Jack Driscoll, and Lane Johnson. That would be my starters, right? I know you'll be like, well, see, I'm always getting $5 million. Unfortunately, he's been hurt the last two years, and he becomes a reserve. I'm sure they're going to give him every chance to win the right guard job. He probably will win the right guard job because of his salary, but regardless, he's your sixth guy, him or Driscoll. Then you have a guy like LaRaven Clark, Andre Dillard, um, Cam Jurgens. You know what I mean? That's You're nine deep. And that's without getting the guys like Sua Opeta who played, um, Jack Anderson. I think they really like Jack Anderson. I think that was the main reason uh, that they were able to get rid of Nate Herbig because they really like Jack Anderson because he could kind of play center and guard. Um, but they're 10 deep right there. This line, this offense has incredible, incredible potential. And I'm just looking forward to this offense. I really am. I'm looking forward to Jalen Hurts proving everybody wrong and showing everybody up. And a lot of this is also going to come down to Nick Sirianni. And I, I, it, Listen, I know not, not enough people are talking about what Nick Sirianni's role is this year. I think like people are just safely assuming Nick Sirianni is going to be all right. And again, who knows? But I'm expecting Nick Sirianni to take a leap. I know that he had to adjust the offense after seven games last year and whatever. And that's been applauded. And don't get me wrong, it, it should be. We made the playoffs because of it. But we also played the cake of cake schedules to do so. I want to see Sirianni incorporate things that he took from the second half of last season, put it into the first half. But I also want to see Jalen Hurts kind of be given the bigger role that he needs to have if we're going to be able to beat elite teams in the NFL. So a lot of this is going to come down to Sirianni. Is he going to scheme A.J. Brown into the right spots? Is he going to scheme Devontae Smith? Is he going to use A.J. Brown to help Devontae Smith? Is he going to use Goddard to help A.J. Brown? Like the route combinations. Um, again, like I said, picking the correct guys to start on the offense line. I know Jeff Stoutland's going to play the part in that. But remember, this all comes down to Sirianni. He said the words last year. He is the offensive coordinator. I know Shane Steichen is there, but really... Nick Sirianni is the offensive coordinator. You know, the, the correct rotation with running backs, that was, I thought, a big problem from last year. I, I didn't like that Boston Scott would go out for so many games when he was a guy who led our team in touchdowns. And he, he pretty much was invisible for half the season because he would just be a healthy scratch. Getting Kenny, like, remember when Kenny Gainwell went invisible then? It's like he just had a thing where he's like, I can't use three running backs. Listen, if you got weapons, use them. Don't be afraid to deploy guys. Like, we did nothing with two running back sets last year. I thought that was going to be a staple of this team. You know, when you got, like, when running back is probably the deepest position you have in terms of skill positions on this team, I want to see sets where you have Sanders flanked with, with Gainwell. That puts pressure on their linebackers. And our running backs have a massive advantage in regards to running routes on their linebackers, especially Gainwell. And you would hope Sanders. I know Sanders had a problem catching the ball the last two years, but hey, if he's going to take a step, that's what it is. And if he can't do it, Boston Scott can. These are the things I'm looking forward to most with with this offense. You know, 
And another thing before we go here, we didn't bring in a punter, so everybody's got to be, you know, Aaron Sipos is going to remain the punter. And to me, I mean, people are shocked by it. I'm not. Because Aaron Sipos's job was to make Jake Elliott good again. And Jake Elliott was great last year. So they are not. They'll figure out. They will coach Sipos up and teach him how to kick again. They don't care about his his 20-yard punts and playoff games, which, you know, I care about because that doesn't help us win. But they just believe the way Jake Elliott kicked the ball last year. There was no chance they were ever going to break up that connection. Now I say this, and they'll sign a punter or something tomorrow. But come on, it's May, what, 26th? And <laughs> we have not even sniffed the idea of bringing another punter in to compete with this guy. And that should tell you everything you need to know where they're prioritizing punter. If he could help the kicker, that's all that matters. Next week, like I said, we're going to come back. We're going to start doing some lists. We'll talk more about the defense like we did about the offense here and maybe give you some names of guys. You know, because like I said, I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't start on defense that play. We all know that. There's a lot more rotation on, on defense than there is on offense. So your, your defensive line depth and corner depth and guys, we'll go over a lot of the names of guys that you should pay attention to, especially in training camp and the preseason, because these guys are going to have a chance to have roles on this team going forward. So I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles go.